This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Robinson Crusoe, Written Anew for Children By James Baldwin Chapters 33-35 through 35. Chapter 33 I Am Again Alarmed Five or six years had passed, and not another footprint had I seen. I had gotten over my great fright, and yet I was not so bold as I had been. Any sudden sound would make me start and look around. I thought that if savage men had been on the island once, they were quite likely to come again. So I kept on the lookout for them all the time. My flock of goats had now grown to be very large, and I needed another field. I wished to put some of them in a hidden spot where the savages, if they did come, would not find them. I had already a small flock in one such spot, as I have told you, but now I wished to have another. In looking for the right kind of place, I went all over the island. I even went far out on a rocky point beyond the place where I kept my canoe. As I was standing on a rock and looking out to sea, I thought I saw a boat in the distance. It was only a little speck upon the water, and it seemed to rise and fall with the waves. It could not be a rock. I looked at it till my eyes could look no more. I had saved a spy-glass out of the ship, but, as luck would have it, I had left it at home. How I wished for it then! Whether I really saw a boat or not, I do not know. But, as I walked back along the shore, I made up my mind never to go out again without my spy-glass. I walked slowly along, thinking of what I had seen. All at once I came upon that which made my heart stand still. On the sandy sloping beach of a pleasant little harbor, I saw not only one footprint, but hundreds of them. I stood still, afraid to move. But the footprints were not all. The beach at one place was covered with bones and bits of flesh, as in a slaughterhouse. Some of the bones were quite fresh. Some had been charred with fire. Here the savages have been holding a feast, I said to myself. A little farther on I saw that a pit had been dug in the sand, and here they had had their fire. The ashes were still warm. I wondered what kind of feast these wild men had been having. There were savages on the mainland who were said to kill and eat the captives whom they took in war. Cannibals, they were called. Could this have been a feast of cannibals, and were these the bones and flesh of human beings? I trembled as I thought of it. I turned and ran from the place as fast as I could. I ran until I could go no farther. My breath came fast. I sank down upon the ground. When I had rested for a little while, I looked around and found that I was not very far from my castle. 
All around me was peaceful and still. I was surely safe from harm. With tears in my eyes I knelt down and gave thanks to God. I thanked Him that He had kept me alive and safe through so many years. I thanked Him that I had been cast on the side of the island which was never visited by savages. I thanked Him for all the comforts and blessings that were mine. Then I arose and went home to my castle. As I sat before my door that evening, I thought the whole matter over, and felt much easier in my mind. I had been on the island eighteen years before I saw the first footprint. I had been there twenty-three years before I saw any other signs of savages. It was likely that many more years would pass before any harm should come to me. With these thoughts I lay down in my hammock and slept without fear. But it was a long time before I went again to the farther shore of the island. I did not even go to look after my canoe. The days went quietly by. I kept quite close to my castle and busied myself with my goats and my grain. I was always on my guard and never stepped out of doors without first looking around me. Chapter 34 I Make a Surprising Discovery Once every week I went into the woods to see the flock of goats that I had hidden there. I always carried my gun, but since my last great fright I did not dare to fire it off. I was afraid even to drive a nail or chop a stick of wood, lest some savages might be near enough to hear the sound. I was afraid to build a fire at my castle, lest the smoke should be seen. At last I carried some of my pots and kettles to my hidden field in the woods. I could do my cooking there much more safely than at my castle. Hardly had I put things in order there, when I found something that made me very glad. What do you suppose it was? It was a cave, a real cave. The door into it was through a little hollow place at the bottom of a great rock. It was so well hidden that no one could have found it even by looking for it. Shall I tell you how I came upon it? I was afraid to make a smoke near my house, and yet I could not live without cooking meat. I tried all kinds of dry wood, and yet there was always some smoke. Then I thought I would try charcoal, but I must first make the charcoal. I found a place in the darkest part of the woods where the smoke would hardly rise to the top of the trees. There I built my charcoal pit. This was done in the following way. First I cleared off a round space about ten feet in diameter. Here I dug out the earth till I made a pit about a foot deep. Then I cut a cord or more of wood and piled it up in this space. I piled it up until it was almost as high as my shoulders. I covered it a foot deep with earth and turf, leaving a small open place at the bottom. When this was done I set fire to the wood through the hole in the bottom. It burned slowly. 
the wood became charcoal. One day, while cutting wood for my charcoal pit, I happened to see a hollow place in the rock close by a tree I was chopping. It was half covered with brush. I pushed this aside and looked in. I saw a little cave just large enough for me to creep into on my hands and knees. But a little farther in, it was larger. It was so high that I could stand upright, and it was so wide that two men could have walked in it side by side. It was a very dark place, and I stood still a moment till my eyes should become a little used to it. All at once I saw something in the darkness that made me scramble out of that place much faster than I had come into it. What do you think it was? Two big shining eyes that glowed like coals in the darkness. Whether they were the eyes of a man or of some fierce beast, I did not stop to see. I stood a little while by the mouth of the cave, and then I began to get over my fright. What could there be in this cave that would do me harm? No man could live there in the darkness. As for any animal, I knew there was nothing fiercer on the island than one of my cats. So, with a blazing stick for a torch, I crept back into the cave. But I had not gone three steps before I was frightened almost as much as before. I heard a loud sigh like that of a man in trouble. Then there were low moans, and sounds as of someone trying to speak. I stopped short. Cold chills ran down my back. My hair seemed to stand on end, but I would not allow myself to run out again. I pushed my little torch forward into the darkness as far as I could. The blaze lit up the cave. And what do you suppose I saw then? Why, nothing but a shaggy old goat that I had missed from my flock for nearly a week past. He was stretched on the floor of the cave and too weak to rise up. He was a very old fellow and perhaps had gone in there to die. I gave him some food and water and made him as comfortable as I could. But he was too far gone to live long. I found that, although I could stand up in the cave, it was very small. It was only a hole in the rocks, and was neither round nor square. But at the end of this little chamber there seemed to be a passage that led farther in. This passage was very narrow and dark, and as my torch had burned out, I did not try to follow it. I went back to my wood chopping. CHAPTER Thirty Five. I EXPLORE MY CAVE FURTHER The next day I brought out with me six big candles. For you must know that I was a candle-maker as well as a baker. Indeed, I made very good candles of goat's tallow, using some bits of old ropes for the wicks. As I have just said, I took six candles with me for... I had made up my mind to learn more about the cave I had found. I lit two of the candles and went in. The poor old goat was dead, and it was no easy work to dig a hole right there and bury him.
After this unpleasant task was done, I went into the back part of the cave. The flame of the candles lighted up the darkness, and I could see quite plainly. The narrow passage of which I have told you was no less than thirty feet long. In one place it was so low that I had to creep through on all fours. But no sooner was I through this low place than I found myself in a splendid chamber. It was large enough to shelter a hundred men. Indeed, it seemed like the great hall of some old English castle. I had never seen anything so grand. The roof was at least twenty feet high. The light from my two candles shone upon the walls and made it look as though covered with thousands of bright stars. Whether these were diamonds or gold or some other precious things, I did not know, and, in fact, I never learned. The floor was dry and level. It was covered with white sand, which was very clean. I was delighted. No better or safer storehouse could I have wished. When I had looked at the room on every side and found that it was really the end of the cave, I went out and hurried back to my castle. I found that I still had about sixty pounds of powder. This was the first thing that I carried to my new cavern. I took thither also the lead that I had for making bullets and small shot. I felt now like one of the wonderful elves that you read about. They live, as you know, in rocks and in caves where none can get at them, and they have hidden treasures of gold and precious stones. What if a hundred savages should hunt me? They could not come near me here. I was safe from all foes. I fitted the cave up with whatever was needed to make it comfortable. If the worst came to the worst, I meant to live there, and yet I did not wish to be obliged to do this. When everything was safe and snug, I laid some green branches over the entrance and went back to my castle. I was very glad when I sat down in my old kitchen again. For, after all, no other place was so much like home. I had now been twenty-three years on this island. If it had not been for the fear of savages, I would have been the happiest man in the world. During all those years I had been very busy. I did not work all the time, as you know, but I amused myself in various ways. I spent much time with Paul, the parrot. He soon learned to talk so well that it was a pleasure to hear him. My dog had been my best friend and companion. He lived for sixteen years and then died of old age. As for my cats, the woods were full of them. All ran wild except for the two that I kept in my castle. These were good mousers and fine pets. I had also several tame fowls. These I had caught near the seashore when they were young. I cut their wing feathers short and taught them to eat from my hand. I never knew what kind of birds they were, but they were large, almost as large as chickens. They lived among the hedge trees in front of my castle. They made their nests there and kept me well supplied with eggs. I did not need to keep any other poultry. 
Thus I lived very pleasantly in my island home. I would have been content to live there always, if I could have felt safe from savages. End of chapters 33 through 35 Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California for LibriVox in spring 2006